Welcome back to Arsenal Pass Time of the Round, episode 19. Today we're joined by Tannen Grace. Tannen is a face we all recognize at this point. Tannen has been selected to be our champion of flesh and blood in the, or- the order we needed. He has commented, commentated the calling Vegas, Dallas, and now Cincinnati. Prior to flesh and blood, Tannen had an illustrious career in Magic the Gathering, notably winning... Sorry, sorry Tannen, how many SCG Opens did you win, actually? I forgot. Uh, that's the that's the funny thing. I don't have a win, and that's what I'm famous for. Yeah, famous for uh, being uh, old number two. Second right? place. Uh, yeah, I have uh, a dozen top eights, and I had the highest conversion rate of all time. Like I was the the person most often in top eights per event plates. So I don't know if you want to say that stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. it's just the. Uh, I know that it's the like it's the big meme is that I uh, just never was able to convert in the finals. So yeah, about a lot. I lost okay. Four. At least at least you're not losing on stream. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh, I lost three of them. In the span of like a month and a half too like all on camera and like i was like on the third one i just face planted into the table like <laughs> i just couldn't take it anymore i was like somebody just get me out of here it was yeah. bad i did my own little face plan i remember the first time i lost on coverage but hannon let's go ahead and let's let's crack into it um thank you so much for joining us first but i want to hear how did you get into flesh and blood uh, it was pretty serendipitous, actually. Um, one of the people who is, I, I kind of call him like our director. I don't know what his actual official title is for Channel Fireball, but his name is Jeff Foster. Um, he's the guy that kind of, he's he's the one pulling all the strings behind the scenes during um, everything that you're watching during the callings. Um, extremely talented, really knows what's going on in gaming. He's been involved in Flesh and Blood, Magic, Hearthstone, like it, up to the biggest levels, like all the way up to like world championships and stuff there, right? And, um, I just get a message from him out of the blue about two and a half weeks before the calling in Vegas. And he's like, um, hey, have you have, have you played Flesh and Blood? Like, what are your thoughts on the game? And I was like, I have never played it. My friends all like it and have really, really high uh, respect for the game and like opinions of it. And he's like, how fast do you think you could learn it? And I was like, I mean, how hard could it be? Right. You know, I was like, oh, it'll be easy. Why? And he's like, you know, I've he, he's the, the quote he said is, I've had you in my back pocket for a while to do commentary, but I've never had anything that would like fit for you, you know, because like Channel Varble already had like all their people for magic and stuff like there's no way I could have gotten into that river. So he's like, you know, we wanted you. You fit the exact style of like the host person that we want. So he's like, learn the game, uh, you know, come to Vegas and then we'll go from there. Like if it works out, you know, we'll, we'll pick up for the rest and uh he like asked for my uh, address sent me like a box of monarch and some blitz decks right so i was like yeah how hard can this be right <laughs> so I've, i you know i call my buddy a local named brian basoko who's like very very good you, you know you've met him a few times yourself mm-hmm. and i was like hey teach me the game let's like go to the local store and uh you know him and another like one or two of my local players come by and they just set up a game for me and start trying to like walk me through it and i was just immediately like i had paralysis i was like this is so complicated there's so much on the decision tree just from turn one, right? And uh, so I had like two and a half weeks to get ready for Vegas. Uh, I got hit by a hurricane. You know, I live in South Louisiana uh. for people at home that don't know. And so I lost power for like a week. So a lot of my prep got kind of cut into for that as well. Uh, I think overall, we did a pretty good job as a team, like making it all work. You know, I did as much prep as I possibly could. I made sure to learn chain you know, obviously <laughs> for classic constructed and a few of the other things, but uh, I definitely deserve to put a shout out here for red zone rogue and armada for just carrying me a lot during Vegas. And, you know, my goal has just been to get better and better every calling since and learn more. The limited was definitely a lot easier, you know, less cards yeah. to learn in a small amount of time, but uh, you know, that's the, the short and easy part of it. So I've just found my way there and 
I've kind of fallen in love with the game since. The art's great. I think the game is amazingly deep and rich and good and rewarding for, you know, when you put time and effort into it. So uh, I'm hooked. Yeah. Having to having to go from learning the game to cat to casting a classic constructed calling is probably one of the most brutal assignments I've ever heard. Because I actually had to cast a, a blitz calling and I think I had just like not kind of been playing during COVID as much. And that was that was a beast. Like that was very hard to do. So I can't even imagine like learning the game and then it's like, all right, so there's going to be this guy chain on and then he's doing this very complicated deck stacking or not, sometimes not. And it's like all this other stuff. And then they're like, Hey, let's throw on the Kano for fun. All right, Tannen, you got it. Cast it. Don't know what any of the cards do. It's like, I can't even imagine. must've been, you know, obviously it worked out in the end, but that is, that is a tall order for, you know, your first assignment. It's funny that you mentioned that because like that round exactly. And uh, we had Viscerai on one round <laughs> as well. And they told us like we sit down and you know, I'm like, hey, how many t- how much time we have? They're like, you got about a minute until we're live. I'm like, what's our matchup? And they're like, it's blah, 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 you know, probably Prism or something or, you know, Dash versus Viscerai and just total deer in the headlights moment. And I'm just like, I don't know a single card in a Viscerai deck. And thankfully, uh, Red Zone was in the booth and he goes, oh, it's just my favorite hero. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, cool. So uh, I, I think that's part of the job is, you know, you can kind of smooth over the areas where you don't know. And it's more like it's not just about like, you know, making it sound like, you know, something you don't. Uh, it's maybe just, you know, trying to further the broadcast and ask questions that would be like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like ask questions to be preferential for the people at home, mm-hmm. you know, so for the sure. other, you know, cause my job isn't to sound smart. My job is to make it easier for the other people in the booth. You know, that's not my role as yeah. well. Cause I'm the play by play host guy. I'm just there to make sure everything proceeds. And then as we get along, I'm going to learn more and more. So, and I, I feel you on having to do the calling out of nowhere blitz. Uh, yeah. Like Kano comes up and I'm just like, yeah, I know like three cards. <laughs> I know the names of them. I know that's what some familiar. of them do, you know, Yeah, I had a pretty funny, uh, a pretty funny, tactic and it's like i went on with hayden to cast this kano game and you know hayden had been playing tons of kano obviously you know staying up with the game much more than i had and he was like yeah was just like just describing this like you know pitch stack and like these you know very complicated end game combos and he was just like yeah so brendan what do you think and i was like well hayden if i was a calling champion i would say you know i would be able to tell you but since i'm not why don't you take it because <laughs> like i didn't know the first thing <laughs> i was like i have no clue but it is like i do agree with what you say like um like your role is really to make it palatable for like the audience at home. Um, and for most of the people watching, like kind of the play by play and like base level analysis and also just making it more entertaining uh, is he, <laughs> 10 times more valuable than being like, yeah, well, you know, he's about 16 cards away from seeing his pitch again. It's going to be XXX. It's like, yeah. you know, some of that stuff can just go straight over. So I think that right. you, know, you guys have done a really good job yeah, in terms thank of you. translating it. That can be like a, you know, that's a part for maybe what, 10 15 percent of the of the viewer base but one of the things that i really like that you've done tan and obviously being a spectator for these last three callings um sitting at home is is bring the audience into the game as someone who's you know yourself newer to the game um and able to to bring them into turn cycles of the game and actually you know just come down a little bit uh a little bit lower sometimes but generally stay pretty pretty helicopter pretty high on like what's happening in the game and um i think that's it's really beneficial i've had some had some friends who have, who have been watching the coverage and have found it a lot easier to pick up the game than you know maybe uh some of the the early coverage even you know that, that we did brendan uh, apparently we weren't as good brendan so i i don't know i don't know what's happening is out that here. what they said <laughs> no they didn't say it directly but i have been i have heard multiple feedback about just how how easy it has been to to follow a lot more in terms of just the the coverage side and and describing i guess um the play-by-plays and it's yeah it's like a such an important piece of the 
of the puzzle i'm all my time watching magic coverage like generally my favorite uh my favorite commentators uh the play-by-play because they bring people into the game yeah i mean like a thank you i I, you know i really appreciate the kind words there it means a lot (laughs) i mean you know i'm always nervous right you know i'm I'm worried about you get imposter syndrome a lot right you do jobs like this and i don't ever want to come across as an expert because i'm not you know i i want to come across as you know what i am as someone who's likes the game is learning along with you but is we're going to make this journey together right and when i was hired you know, they, they obviously want me to know the game, right? And they know that I'm, you know, they, they know my history with other games. They know that I'm, you know, capable of getting good at, at these games and I'm going to learn as we go. But, you know, again, that's not my job. Like you were saying, I, I'm not there to talk about the minutia of like this absurdly difficult chain turn that's going to happen three turns from now. Though I can talk about that stuff and I can lead the co-caster into it. I'm there to make the game approachable. And that's my number one goal every time we're doing one of these. And, you know, same thing of limited as well, you know, like you can see it, you know, we actually got to cover the drafts this weekend. I was super Mm -hmm. excited about that because like, you know, I'm I'm a limited player at heart. I love it. And I did go into like some of, you know, deeper draft theory and like how to play, like, you know, looking at a pack entirely, picking out your pick, but also what you're going to wheel. But at the same time, we talk about like, just, you know, the, the basic thing of what they're trying to do, you know, as well. And so that. That little thing I'm talking about is kind of how we want to, how I approach the the overall broadcast that we're doing that weekend. And also, you know, you kind of you kind of walk them through, and you know, it doesn't need to be hyped up, but like there's moments where there there's some excitement, right? And you need to convey that in the way that you're doing it and stuff. Or this is a tense moment, and you know, I can convey that, and then I can throw it to my co-caster, and they can be here's why, you know, like. You know, they're a really low life total, et cetera, et cetera, kind of stuff without going into too much detail there. And um, I'm trying to concentrate on that as much as I can during the show. And then anything else I can do, if it's if it's good and positive, uh, I'm I'm excited about that. So for sure. So I'm going to get you a little hyped up here, Tanner. Sure. <laughs> um, so flesh and blood. We're in a very kind of critical time. Um, you know, we had the calling was our proof of concept. It was successful. We had that, da- you know, sorry, the calling Vegas It was successful. Dallas, Cincinnati. Probably we would consider those to be successful or very successful as well. So we're at the catalyst, right? The beginning of something that can maybe become great. We, and we have a path that might lead us to greatness. If that's where we're going, you, like your position in the game and what that means is pretty incredible, right? Because you will become that guy. You're the guy. I mean, you are. You will be the face of Flesh and Blood. You're the caster that was there at Vegas. You might be the caster that's there five years from now, casting the Pro Tour Worlds. And you're the consistent one, right? And you're the one who empathizes with the audience the most. What is that like? And has that started to dawn on you more as we've gone from event to event to event? And you know, we started to see the success. Does it kind of, do you start to realize that like, wow, this could be big. And you know what your role is in the life and growth of Flesh and Blood? Because it is... It's huge. So that is a really good question. I think it's probably going to be my favorite one from the show because uh, I actually got chills while you were talking about it and <laughs> thinking about it because um, you're 100% correct, right? Like I'm in a very enviable position being the most, probably one of the most recognizable faces in the game and I've never really played in like a large tournament, right? Like I'm, I'm not going to have any finishes. You know, I'm not Matt Rogers, right? I'm not, I'm not you two guys, you know, you know, with your illustrious career so far and your content creation, right? But I'm the guy that, that brings you in, right? You know, I'm the guy, I'm your host, right? I'm, I'm the guy that's holding your hand through the whole thing. You know, I'm, I'm sitting on the couch with you at home, 
while you're watching it. You know, I'm sitting next to you in the room while you crack a beer and watch watch the calling or, you know, whatever, however you enjoy your your weekends with the callings. And I think you made a really good point that we're at this, you know, we're at the beginning of something that could be very special. And it has dawned on me since literally the very first moment that I was hired for this. Like I had a long conversation with the guy, Brian, that I mentioned earlier. And then I remember getting to Vegas, right? So I showed up, you know, early the day before and Friday, because, you know, we had the world premiere. There's 900 people playing in that. It was the, the energy in the room was so palpable. It was, it was overwhelming. Like I could see tears in people's eyes just from like being so excited to be there. Right. And I sat down with, again, to mention Armada and Rogue, and I sat down and talked to them about it. I'm like, guys, we have an opportunity here. You know, we're the first people to like really, really do this. Like not take anything away from y'all, you guys and like doing, you know, callings in the, in the past, but like this is an actual like real beginning of like legitimacy. Like they're they're 100% behind this. You know, Channel Fireball's really pushing this hard. LSS is pushing this hard. This is where you start to get legitimacy, right? And I was like, we have such an opportunity here to make a difference and make impact on the game, not just for ourselves, but for other people. And I was like, our verbiage you know, the way that we even like say certain things, phrases that we come up with could have like resounding effects years from now where people start using those phrases, like just little things, right? Up to, yeah, I might be the face of this in the next five years. And I'd be very, very lucky if that happens. I'm overall just immensely humbled by all of it to A, be picked for this and B, you know, continuously be picked for it. So, you know, fingers crossed we get to keep doing it and i don't either make a glaring mistake <laughs> you know once that gets me that gets me canned or you know say something inappropriate or something like that or i can just you know keep doing enough work to stay ahead of this and be good you know and because the biggest thing for me is i don't want to seem like it's just another job that i'm doing and that i'm just taking this for granted i want people at home to know like how much work and how much time i put into this and how much effort i put into it and how serious i take it because Let's be real. When I first got hired, it was a paying gig and I could, you know, you know, put some work and effort into it. But the more I get into it, the more I like it and I see how much it affects people. And, you know, because I'm an outsider, right? I was an outsider coming in from another game and I'm coming from the most enfranchised game of all time, you know, Magic the Gathering. But seeing that this could be that for other people and I get to be here at the beginning, it's a very special thing. And I just don't want to mess it up. You know, I want to make it is easy and is fun and is great for everybody as it has been for me so far. Yeah, that, that's awesome to hear. And, you know, I think everyone can see that as we've gone from event to event, just how much you've progressed with your knowledge of the game, but also just how, how much deeper you are getting into it uh, to the point of, I was actually going to call out the, the draft uh, portion, but you already talked about that. You know, how, how right. into it you were getting around the draft portion. I could tell when you were saying that you're a limited player, when you were, when you were talking through the draft, um, when you were calling the draft. So yeah, it, it honestly is great to see Tenon. Thanks. Appreciate it. I'm so glad that we got to do the drafts. I can't wait to so do cool. more of them at nationals. It's it's probably my favorite way to play the game. I think a lot of it has to do with how great Tales of Aria is. I think, I mean, obviously I didn't get to draft the other sets a ton. Like I drafted them a little bit, but comparing them to, you know, classic limited sets of like Magic, you know, Hearthstone that I've played, this is easily one of my favorite limited sets in any game ever. I think that on the surface, it looks simpler than the other sets because you have three heroes versus four. And you couldn't be more wrong. Mm -hmm. I think this set is incredibly in-depth, uh, incredibly skill-testing, very rewarding if you do your work. And uh, the set, like the limited set it ha itself, has its like own like life. It has its own metagame and how it's shifting from event to event. 
I mean, like, look at old him in the first events versus now, like, almost no one drafted it. You know, Namvo ran the table with it, being the only drafter in the top eight with it. And now it's probably one of the more sought after heroes when at first we thought it might be the worst. And now, you know, getting to the point where, like, it's hard to play Lexi in some pods if there's multiple Oldham players, because if you don't get the right Lexi deck, you just can never beat an Oldham deck. And then we're going to have the whole thing. Like, you know, I'll probably talk about it on coverage at Nationals where I'm like, this might be the weekend where it's correct, where it's finally correct to really try to draft Briar, <laughs> where prior it was like, you should maybe be staying away from it because everyone's doing it. Yeah. And now people are, you know, branching out more. Yeah, it's funny. That was... um. Like that was actually kind of the position of Lexi in Dallas and uh, and Cincinnati is like you. I think that in this set you have to play your seat more than any other set, and it's important to be open and be willing to play any kind of any hero and any archetype. But um, a lot of the better players I knew were actually kind of looking to play Lexi because it was it was either going most likely at most tables was going to be the least draft character or the most improperly drafted character where you could actually pick up. A lot of the very powerful cards. Uh, by the way, I am so happy that they let you record the draft and that they aired the stream because that was a no-no for a long time. And the fact that they are going to move, that is a huge step forward. Like that engages the audience in the process and in probably the most interesting process in the game, which is drafting. Um, so I'm very happy that they have finally let us do that. And if we're able to do it moving forward, I think it's going to be, you know, just overwhelmingly positive. And I think that deck lists in top eight should be open anyway, um, since the mat- the matches are tiered, right? So if you're in the quarters, what they'll do is they have two feature matches. Um, you know, let's say there's A, B, C, and D, right? Uh, so the matches to so the A and B will play, C and D will wait and watch. So if you're in the C and D pod playing after them, you can just scout the entire deck anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well have the open deck list, and then we get this great, um, you know, form of media and the draft and like, you know, players, especially newer players, like the most, I, for me, I think that the most intimidating thing about a new game is doing something like drafting because like you get heavily punished for messing up, right? Like you can have a deck that just doesn't work. It's kind of like embarrassing and this because you have cracked bobbles and stuff. You got four bobbles in it or something. (laughs) Exactly. So being over the shoulder of a pro player and having, you know, an expert kind of commentate, tell you what's going on, talking about theory. It's like one of the most important things. I'm so happy that they finally kind of allowed us to do it. And I think that it's very, very good for the game. Oh, I have a question for you too, then when it comes down to it and you could be honest with me, I know you, it sounds like you both enjoyed it. I don't know if you've gone back and watched Brendan, but um, overall, how did you feel about it? Like how it was presented? Would you have any notes on it? Did you enjoy it? Would you have changed anything? Cause we're, we're still working, you know, a lot of the kinks out and I'm personally working some of the kinks out as well. Yeah. I can, I can go first if you like, cause I was, I was yeah. watching, watching at home. Um, Definitely want to hear. <laughs> I, I was so I didn't wasn't expecting that we we're gonna get to see the draft. So that was like a, a bonus to start with. Um, Neither was I, I, by the way. Yeah, they just threw it at you. <laughs> it was a surprise. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> but it's it, honestly, as Brendan says, like it, it takes you. It's really hard. I think I might step back a bit. One of the I think one of the, the things that really draws me in with the coverage of other TCGs and particularly Magic. I'm gonna use that because it's the the coverage that I've watched for the longest time. It's funny. Me and Brendan were talking the other day. We've gone back and watched old like Magic coverage uh, because we've just been talking about some pro tours. Um, but one of the things that draws me in is like some of the storylines of players, right? And, and in Flesh and Blood, we don't really have as many players uh, who are prominent, but we're starting to get there. We've had three callings in North America now. There's some names that are starting to pop up, um, notably probably like Tarek obviously had a, a great run uh, last week after finishing ninth. He's becoming a known player. You've got Brendan, you've got Matt Rogers obviously comes to these callings. You've got these players that are starting to show up. And to be able to follow along with one of those players in a draft and then, then go and see their match, it is just like, it is the perfect piece of media to say like, 
here's what happened. And you get that breakdown with, you know, yourself and whoever's calling it, talking about what happens and, oh, you know, what would you rate that draft? Might have been a B minus, something went wrong, or they just had that, they draft their seats so well, or, you know, you get this this narrative and then you go and watch the match and you get to see how it plays out. And that is like, I think, connecting the dots of a draft and how the game plays out. Because before, if you don't have that draft, you've just got how the game plays out and you lose half of the context of, of what's happening. So, yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, my my only like piece of feedback this whole time has been like, when do we get card overlays? <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. We were uh, we had it. We had more this weekend than we've had in the past yeah, for yeah. sure. The hardest part about it is the way that it works is while I'm calling uh, everything that we're doing. So, uh, allow me a minute to kind of elaborate on this, so people <laughs> at home can kind of sit in the seat with me behind this, so they understand when whenever one of us misspeaks messes up a little bit maybe have a little more sympathy for us when it comes on because what's going on behind the scenes which you don't see you know you only see us sitting at the table so uh, i'm sitting at the table next to somebody right and i'm having a conversation with them right i have that headset on someone is talking to me in that headset you know not super often but quite often enough you guys you've, you've experienced this right you know like hey we're going to commercial in a few minutes or hey this is going on or we're going to have a, you know, we're going to have a small mistake on the screen in about, you know, 30 seconds, be ready for it, you know, like blah, 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 or transition to this, you know, so I'm getting notes, right? In front of us, I have a giant television, right, with what is uh, being broadcast. I see that. That's a difficulty thing in and of itself, not to look at that while I'm talking to people. So you may see me like look over every now and then to see what's over there. We have a picture in picture with it that shows you what's coming next. So sometimes it covers up some of that stuff. So, so all that's going on. And then I have like I, you probably see I write a lot while I was going. I'm taking notes for things that are important, or I'm you know keeping picks. But then I have an iPad next to me, right? That's like you know a touch iPad where I can pull up the cards on the screen. And sometimes it's a little delayed, sometimes it's not. But I'm doing all of this at the same time while I'm talking into the mic to you and calling the game and talking to the person next to me. So for everyone at home that's, that thinks they could do the job better than us I, I i i welcome you to try i'm not saying you can't it's just harder than you think it is and there's more going on so uh be a little more sympathetic casters <laughs> but definitely uh the overlay stuff we're going to get better and better about it uh and it's just going to get easier and easier so i'm a i'm a big fan of of that as well so i'm hoping that it happens and i wanted to make one more comment on the first thing that you said because it kind of ties in what you were saying earlier with the legitimacy of of coverage the more we get these players that are coming to every event and doing well, you know, the Tark Patels, right? You know, this is this is a great story, right? You know, mm-hmm. this is literally his first event. He finishes ninth and he comes back, you know, wasn't even going to go to Cincinnati. And I told him, I was like, if you don't book a flight, I'm booking one for you. Like you're going to Cincinnati, right? And he, then he loses in the finals. Uh, you're seeing these guys make names for themselves, you know, like Tyler winning in Vegas and like, you know, you know, being the champion of prison players everywhere. That helps legitimize your game. Like you need pros, you need content creators, you need these people to aspire to. And you made the best possible point on that. When we get to do something like draft coverage, right? And we get to draft and watch the person who might eventually win. The, that's the dream, right? You, you get the person in top mm-hmm. eight who wins, you're watching their draft. And you get to just, it's like watching a good movie or reading a good book. You get the beginning of the story, the middle and the end, right? And it humanizes the player. And the more that we do that, the more the game's going to grow. Because people at home... Like you said, they might be intimidated by draft. They've never tried it. You know, they have their classic constructed deck. You know, they really like their prism deck, right? They really like, you know, their ninja hero, whichever one they use, and that's all they do. But they they tune in this calling, right? And they watch someone draft, and they hear us walk them through the draft, and then they watch the player play it. I'll tell you this. Every time I've watched draft coverage, do you know what the first thing I want to do when I'm done watching it is? I want to go draft the damn set. I want to go do what they did. I want to draft their deck, 
you know, I want, I want the chance to do that. So I think it's huge uh, for us to be able to do that. And I think it's really good for the game and for coverage. Yeah. Could, couldn't agree more. I always, yeah, I feel the same. I want to go and as soon as I finished seeing that draft and seeing that top eight, I was like, all right, when are we, when are we drafting this week? <laughs> you're like, you're, you're like getting antsy. You're like, I want to crack a pack, you know? Always. It's just yeah. me naturally though. Yeah, sure. It's all of us. <laughs> yeah. It's so I think it's so important because in like in limited coverage, um, it's probably like some magic. It's just harder for the audience to empathize with the player and what's going on on the screen. Um, whereas with like classic construction, you have the people that are attached to the heroes or the players, but often, you know, the hero, it's like the hero they play, they're really rooting for this. Um, but in limited, it's just kind of, you know, random decks kind of being thrown at each other, right? So yeah. if you can go to the top eight, you can weave this narrative and create this story. Um, and then we can watch it play out on camera. Um, it's really incredible. There was actually this one Magic the Gathering um, GP that was uh, recorded. It was uh, GP Richmond, I think, like 2018, and they call it GP Reed Duke. It's a legacy mm-hmm. Grand Prix, and it's all Reed Duke through the entire tournament. Right? Yep. Um, they actually unmute the mics; you can hear them talk. Definitely the best viewing. I know that it's kind of one of those things that you do just like at one time, but the best viewing experience I've ever had. Um, and I also learned Legacy Magic the Gathering off of that Grand Prix. Like it was incredible. It was the best thing I've ever watched. And we talk about, you know, creating a story and driving a narrative that just did it absolutely perfectly. And I like, I kind of aspire to, you know, not that, you know, in the future calling will follow one player, but to be able to watch these players come on screen, know them and then empathize with that. And then just, you know, get excited for the, the win or the loss and have people to root for. And I think that's what the pro tour is going to be, right? The calling is more about the game and the pro tour starts to become about the player. That's when you develop your stars and you have this time to expand on these narratives and grow these, you know, characters of your game, right? Yeah, I think that's a perfect point. I think we're going to try to do, I mean, obviously we're going to start that if we can at nationals as well, because it's going to have the feeling of a pro tour. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't know any details about the pro tour that people don't know. You know, that could be a mixed format in the future. I'm not sure, right? But it's going gonna, it's gonna to have that feel, right? Of like, this, is, this isn't an open tournament. You know, not just any, you know, any geek off the street can come in and play. You know, these, these are people that qualified for this. These are some of the best of the best in our country. You know, so I expect the level of play to be super high. I expect there to be some like really in-depth things going on. And you're going to have some people really separate themselves, like you said, you know, make some names for themselves. Right. And so we're going to start to see that. And then it's when the pro tour happens, hopefully we get to, you know, humanize more people even more. Like you said, it's about the people. Right. And so hopefully we do a really good job of that. Uh, bear with us you know it's the first time we're doing this we'll, we'll learn every single time and especially you know from you two and some of the people that are that are watching this at home you know if you've got constructive notes definitely let us know you know don't just yell at us in the comments we're going to ignore that kind of stuff but you know if you've got some constructive notes and stuff that you want to see like you know you talking about gp reduke i was glued to my screen that whole weekend mm, so you know, a yeah. a i wish i was there playing it but b i was utterly glued to it and um i'm not gonna lie maybe we see you know, calling Brendan Patrick at some at some point in the future. You know, we get to follow you through the whole thing. Yeah, we so watch Brendan win. Patrick lose. Uh, yeah, go scrub out on stream. I was, I was on stream. You'll finally win one on camera. You know, you'll finally win a match or something, maybe. But game, right? so it's on camera. It's going to be a short. It's going to be a short calling. It's that's so actually- funny because like that's like the narrative. But I literally I don't get nervous at all. I, like I don't play worse. But I've just like. Before Cincinnati, I had lost more pro matches on camera than I had like actually in pro tournaments. It was like, like combined. Like, yeah, it was pretty close to it. It was like yeah. ridiculous. Um, 
you know, it's a funny little narrative, but I think just some bad beats so far. Uh, Hayden, I know you're about to say something, but there is one question that's just on the tip sure. of my tongue. <laughs> Get it off. And it's for Tannen. It's uh, sure. So after casting like these three callings, what excites you the most about Flesh and Blood in the future? Just that, the future of it. Really small uh, question. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, let's be honest. When I first saw the game, you know, it was like, it looked cool, right? I was like, yeah, it looks great. You know, played it. And the more I played it, the more I realized the depth of the game and just how good it is. And I was like, this is actually a really good game. And so I was like, yeah, maybe it'll be around for a year or two. And this is something I can do for a year or two. Now I feel like this game is in is in here for the long haul. And so am I. So I'm like really excited to just be a part of that, honestly. Also, I'm, I'm really excited to like open more packs and stuff in the future because <laughs> stuff's great. How many Speaking of packs, we did get that, that spoiler. It was a Tannen Ooh. spoiler, actually, about the next set. Can I talk about that for a second? That was actually... I, we keep cutting you off. We'll come to you in a second. No, no, right? no I was just going to ask about this anyway. So Yeah, it's not like it's your show anyway. Who cares? But uh, I will say this. That was a crazy morning for me. My alarm didn't go off. So uh, I literally showed up about 30 seconds before... Uh, coverage started. I think, Brendan, did you see me running through the building? Someone was talking about, they saw me, I was sprinting from my Uber to the building and I like slid into the chair, put the headset on. I was like, welcome to the calling here in Cincinnati, Ohio. You know, like thankfully I'd been doing some cardio. So the, 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 the heavy breathing wasn't that bad, but uh, you know, I had woke up to, uh, and he does this every event and I got to have a huge shout out to James White, just amazing man, just putting out one hell of a product and, you know, backs it up in every way possible. They're doing everything right. I think that's a big thing about this game. They're doing everything right with the way they treat their players. But he just, you know, sends me a few paragraphs and it's like, hey, you're doing a great job. Like, thanks for doing this. You know, he always thanks me every event. And I'm like, man, thank you, actually, you know. But in it, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, if you feel like talking about this on camera today, here's some stuff that nobody knows yet. And you, you can share it with them. Like, if, if you want and I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to. You gave me a world exclusive. Like, this is great. And stuff. So that was a lot of fun to do and to see, like, and get that kind of opportunity because I've never had that in another game. So I absolutely, like, adored the opportunity. Wow. That's yeah, awesome story. And just to, we got to clarify as well what it was, which was that Sorry. Uh, the, the spoiler is that the, that the uh, supplement, like, well, it is a supplement, you said, but that's right. what we expected. But they actually will have... Um, it will have uh, cards for every single class, right? Yeah. Like, that's the spice. So If you're a Mechanist fan, you haven't had a card in, you know, what, a while now? It's been... When was the last time a card from them was printed? Crucible. So, a, a year ago. Oh, just, yeah, Crucible. Yeah. Same, with, same with Wizard, you know? Same. Like, some ninja stuff? Can we get some ninja stuff, like, for our ninja <laughs> players? You know, you, they might not need it or whatever, right? You know, <laughs> it might not be your thing, but... Yeah, and yeah. I think that's going to be cool. And I think... I think it makes a lot of sense, right? I think the supplemental sets are really important to kind of help the scope of the game and smooth things out. So you're not just having to rely on every set coming out with a new hero, mm -hmm. but then that new hero has to have some like harken back to an old set. And you know what I mean? Like there, it feels like it opens the design space a lot more for them. Crucible of War was the most exciting set in Flesh and Blood, but when it released, it was the one I was actually least excited for. The more you play Flesh and Blood, the more you'll realize how special supplementary sets are. If you do, like um, Hayden and I did a bit of a retrospective on Crucible, if you just go look, every single card that was printed in that set is trying to tell a story and give you a new way to play. And it's fascinating. right? You look in Ranger, you see traps. You have Poison the Tips. You have Unified Decree and Warrior. Uh, you have like Metacarpus Nodes um, and Kano. It's just, it's an incredible set. 
Um, and I'm so excited for the next supplementary set. It, it Really, that's what changes the meta. That's what flips things on their head. And that's what gives us like so many tools to work with as we like keep playing the game moving forward. It's less sets like Tales of Aria and more like these supplementary sets that just give you so many tools in the toolbox. But Hayden, finally, your time. I got nothing to say. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I was gonna. I was laughing before because Brendan almost said Crucible Two or Crew Two is what he was gonna call it. The supplemental set. That's hey, what we can call, call it that for now. You know. Yeah, Crew, crew Two. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Crucible was my favorite set. I think in terms of just the cards that came out of it. Um, of course, like you know, there's draft sets outside of that, so that that kind of you know maybe Welcome Trade is still my favorite. But the 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 cards like are so interesting. Um, I can't wait to see what happens next. I think the the season, the spoiler season. I mean, Tannen might get the first spoiler. I don't want to. I don't want to mm. put anything out there. But apparently, the spoiler season for the set is starting on the weekend of of Orlando. So I mean, just you know, Ooh. watch the space. <laughs> I I will neither confirm nor deny anything. There we go. Tannen has confirmed it. Everyone. So I have wow. not. Wow. I have not. <laughs> LSS, if you're watching this, I didn't say anything. Uh, I just put words in your mouth. Um, no, it's fantastic to to see um, that James. I was going to say that James like said that to you directly. Like people wouldn't have known that if you didn't say that because James and LSS, they're not the sort of uh, studio and the sort of people to shout from the rooftops that they're doing. Hey, look, we do this for players. Like they just do it, and they don't expect right. gratitude in return. They just do it because it it makes the game better. They they love the community. They are players making a game for players like it is it is very true i mean let's talk about it for a second in other games right like you you both are you know fans of magic or play magic in the past and you know one of the coolest things you see is you see their you know their big time players right their pros their content content creators getting spoiler cards right and sometimes they get a card that like you know it sits with them right you know they're, they're known for playing this kind of deck or yeah. like liking this kind of thing there's definitely not as much of an identity in magic as there is in flesh and blood like you can have more of a, a like a niche you know you're like i am a wizard player you know and like so they have a cool kano card like you know you're they're, they're gonna let you preview the kano card hopefully you know if you're like known for that you know if you've won a calling with a specific hero they might let you preview that hero's coolest card or their new weapon or something right but when you think about the way it's done in other games like it's cool that they get to do it but that's it right like they just send them a file and they like put it up on their twitter Right. And they like put it up on their Facebook or they put it up in their stream and they talk about it. And that's cool. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But like LSS like makes it a spectacle, you know, and they do it quietly too. They like send you the card and they send you like a cool version of it a lot of times. Right. Like so these people physically have a card to show you and like they get to keep that as like a keepsake. And like that would mean so much to me, like all the little things like, you know, I have super expensive stuff from games, you know, you can talk about how expensive some of the stuff is in either of these games, but like some of the cool things that I own aren't worth a lot of money, but like they have like that, that thing that, you know, really grips you and grounds you to that game and brings you back to it. Right. And so this is like a cool thing for you for the rest of your life. And I've never had that in one of the other games. So I'm like looking forward to possibly having that in this game. So uh you know fingers crossed yeah. Uh, yeah i mean i would say that there is a zero percent chance that you don't get a spoiler and we'll I'm, see I, I agree with hayden that it's uh it's probably coming live at the calling orlando this is confirmed by tannin <laughs> to come i can't wait sticking right i didn't in say it. that i i was gonna say something i actually i completely agree i have my the last spoiler that we did so the first the first um time that alice's have sent cards out directly to all uh those who received spoilers was this previous previous set with tails and yeah we've got the arsenal pass previous spoiler just sitting right behind me um because it, it means something special like it, it was special to receive that uh you know it, it, 
it's a token right of of where we are and what we're doing and you get to hold on to that forever which is it's great it's not just a digital file <laughs> right it's a token of appreciation from lss like you know i mean it's it's like it's like their love language you know what i mean it's like a it's like mm. a an actual thing showing you like we appreciate you and we're going that extra mile and this isn't a dig at anything else. So if anyone listen to this thinks I'm digging on, you know, like my, but I don't want to say my former game, but you know, my, my first love when it comes to, to gaming, I still love magic and stuff, but I just feel like this community is a little more tight knit. You know, everyone cares about each other a little bit more. You're less spread out. And I mean that in a good way. And everybody's kind of looking out for each other and making sure that everything that's done in this game is for the betterment of everyone and for the betterment of the game. You know, less money grabbing, more uh, community driven, I think is like the easiest way. To put. I don't want to put words in LSS's mouth, but that's what it seems like to me. Mm-hmm. It's interesting with the spoilers, too. There's a bit of premonition to it as well, because they actually sent me Invigorate, which is Ooh. how I lost my second calling. So yikes. I don't know how they knew that one was going to happen, but uh, someone someone over at LSS has really got really got the lowdown. You should have just taken it out of the sleeve and you lost to it and signed it like right then yeah. and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, gold. I wanted to, uh, Tenon, I know Brennan's about to, to hit you with a, a particular question, sure. so I actually want to preempt that a little bit with a, with a question. So I want to ask a bit more just about your kind of experience in, in TCGs, and I think that'll lead mm-hmm. into, you know, Flesh and Blood. But So you've you played Magic in the past, right? But we, we alluded mm-hmm. to it at the start of the show uh, with, with Brennan just hitting on the meme there, second place Tenon. Sure. Um, yeah. So you spent a lot of time playing Magic at like a higher level, right? Like it's, it's not just like you played a bit of Magic and you've come into Flesh and Blood as a TCG. Like you have experienced at these kind of these larger events, right? Right. So I played my first game of Magic, I think, in 1995. I think is about the right year. I was about 10 years, 11 years old. Uh, I was in like fourth or fifth grade. You know, I, I'm trying to all that blends together. You know, I'm a little older than everybody else. I got competitive in like 2003. I took a break from the game and came back. Uh, I played my first Pro Tour, I think, in like 2005. And I played my last one about two or three years ago during the 25th anniversary of Magic, which was actually a dream come true. I got to play Legacy on the Pro Tour, which is like you, the opportunity hadn't been there in 20 years to play mm-hmm. with those cards. You know, so I got to play with cards that were from the like original printings of Magic, you know, things that are like the coveted piece of my collection and like, you know, what I'm kind of known for. So, yeah, I got really lucky. We have... Um, you know, you have PT invites in this and you have like, ro- you know, RTNs, like Road to Nationals. If you win those, you go to Nationals. In Magic, we have what's called PTQs, Pro Tour Qualifiers. And I got really lucky and won the first one I ever played in. I barely knew what the tournament was. I just uh, was very lucky with the people that were around me. You know, I had unknowingly to me surrounded myself with some of the best players in my entire area. And so, you know, they we all pushed each other to be a lot better. And uh, it all just kind of hit off from there. And so... I would sporadically, I'd go like pretty sporadic, right? Like I would, I'd be like really into it for like a year or two and then like college would get busy or uh, I would focus on poker for a while because I was in and out of poker for a good bit too, like most Magic players in the early 2000s and I'd go in and out. But, you know, uh, every time I'd come back, I would try to compete at the highest level, you know, whatever tour that was, the SCG tour, the pro tour, the GP circuit, whatever. I was always trying to test myself because I just, it was more about proving it to yourself, you know, if, if the results happen, the results happen. But when you're putting that much time and effort into a game and you love it that much, you want to compete, right? You want to test your medal against the best players in the world. And I got to do that for a very long time and loved it. And then I kind of just like fell into uh, the broadcast side of things as well, you know, as I got a little bit older and uh, 
you know, you calm down a little bit, you know, I wasn't, you know, going crazy and flying all over the world and stuff as much trying to, you know, chase these things down. And, uh, I, I, I couldn't be more fortunate to be where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, my real question comes down to, you know, Dan, he's the face of flesh and blood. He's, he's our commentator. He's our orator. I'm going to keep blushing. <laughs> but when is Tannen going to strap on, strap on the boots, you know, come to the, come to the tournament and ultimately just be a notorious calling finalist, you know, just okay. when are you are going to come over and just scoop up all the second place trophies in this game? <laughs> At least you happen? get something. At least you get something for second place this game. They give you the plaque. I never hey, got anything. That is new by the way. Cause yeah. I got second you, place you calling and I, I got a I got a freaking handshake. That was it. Yeah, because that's that's the joke actually in 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 Magic is uh, for like the longest time I had the most top eights without winning an event. Uh, I had like the highest winning percentage on tour and like just could not convert in a finals. I lost like three finals in the span of like a month and a half or like two months. I literally like finaled like three of four events. You know, big events. We're talking over a thousand people at all of them, and I just like could not convert. And that's the joke. It was um. It was get Tannen a trophy. It was like hashtag get Tannen a trophy or whatever. And so like, I don't have anything either. I never got anything for second place other than like the check, you know, which is fine. Like money's great. You know, you could be known for something way worse than the guy who always finishes second. You know, there's plenty of people that if you guaranteed they would finish second at a bunch of events, but you could never win one that might just take that. I, I mean, I wouldn't now, obviously. You, I'm sure you can kind of relate, you know, once you've had it a few times, but yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's pretty cool that you know you get something for it now, like a like a finalist thing, you know, a, a little something to motivate you maybe. But to answer your question, <laughs> I thought you were gonna dodge for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot there was a question, you know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, the very first event that I can play in that I'm not casting, that like I, it's that it's goable to, you know, that I can get to, I'll I'll play in it just for you guys. Good to hear. And I'm sure that we're all hoping that that event never happens because that means you just become the guy right the caster right. which is going to be such such an incredible ride because i agree with you i also think that flesh and blood is going good places and it's not just because i'm invested in it in a lot of different ways um you can just you can feel it like there is something special i'm sure that things have felt special in the past and they have failed but what what, what gives me faith is the team that's behind it like i liked flesh and blood i was you know obsessed with flesh and blood before i went to my first calling before i met james white but when i met james white and i listened to him talk in a little subway in austin texas <laughs> that was what sold me on flesh and blood he's passionate he's smart and there's something about the way that he's designed it built it for scale built it to be successful there's just like a level of genius that i can't actually really fathom or get my head around. And that's what I love about the game is I feel like that it was pioneered and created by someone who can really take it all the way. So we're in, we're in very good hands, and I think the future is extremely, bright, extremely bright. But in closing, Tim, so I was, I was on here before you. Hayden was telling me that the, that the Braves have like absolutely no chance in the World <laughs> Series. I just wanted to get your thoughts and understand why you agree with him. Oh, God. Okay, sure. Uh, the, the Astros are definitely favored. For everybody at home, I apologize if you're not into American baseball. Um, it, they're definitely favored, but it's going to come down to pitching. If we pitch a little bit better than they do, which we should, the, the series could even out. They have what might be one of the greatest lineups I've ever seen in the, in the history of the game, just from top to bottom. So in baseball, you have, you have nine batters, and there's no hole in their lineup. Like No one is significantly worse than the next guy. So we're going to have to be on, and... Uh, 
I'm extremely excited to watch it. In fact, like as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to a friend's house and we've got some, you know, uh, we're making some really good food. We're making like carne asada tacos and a bunch of other stuff. Maybe have a few beers and watch the game. And then hopefully I'm going to Houston tomorrow to watch a game. If we can get tickets, that's been very difficult. If not, I'll fly to Atlanta and try to get some tickets, but they're very expensive too. But uh, can't wait. Hopefully um, it'll be exciting. And you will definitely, if you're not into it, but if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know whether we win or lose. If you've seen very my true. Twitter feed. <laughs> I didn't, I did, actually didn't know anything about baseball, but then I followed Tanner on Twitter and now I'm an expert. <laughs> I, was, I get a little, I get a little uppity about it a bit on Twitter. So it's all right. I understand. Actually, Tanner, we're going to have to have you on again uh, when I'm firing up the Arsenal Pass sports show, which is going to happen. Sure. So you can come on and talk about uh, sport. Brennan's not invited though uh so uh, yeah. sure i'll take a spot i'll uh i'll do i'll do my hair like him and i've, I've been in the weight room lately so i can do my good uh, Brendan patrick cosplay you know Perfect. you just you need to what? shrink a little bit i'm actually i'm actually gonna tell this story because tan was sure. technically wasn't there but he was there because at the event so this was told on so zach talked about this on team coming one of the funniest experiences i've ever had so it's standing outside the convention center. It's me, Rob Seigel, and Zach, um, Zach Bunn from Team Covenant. We're standing there. Some guy comes up and he goes, oh, hey, Zach, really love your content. Love Team Covenant. You know, yada, 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 normal stuff. And he goes, oh, hey, you're Brennan Patrick. Like your content too. By the way, you're way smaller than I expected. And then he left. <laughs> and that was it. We were laughing. Yeah, we were laughing so hard. But oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, I was like, to this, you know, for the rest of my life, you're like, what? What was? Oh, what? Smaller in what way? I wonder. <laughs> what, don't what don't worry about that? losing on camera and all these things. That doesn't get to Brendan. What's going to get to Brendan is you saying he looks smaller in person. <laughs> That's really going to get to him. I think Dude. you just actually made it worse for yourself now because now people are going to like go out of their way to do this to you. Yeah, they're going to talk I, to I you. Hope so yeah, they're going like, to say it before they walk away. It's a new meme. It was my fate. It was honestly like I think most people would have been offended, but that was actually my favorite moment of the entire event. Like I, w- I almost peed myself just <laughs> laughing so hard. If you can't laugh at yourself, man, life's going to be long and hard for you. Yeah, it was the most socially bizarre thing I've ever experienced, and it was freaking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> anyway, Tannen, thank you so much for joining us. I I can't even put into words how excited I'm exci- excited I am for both your future and the future of Flesh and Blood. Um, hopefully, we will meet again soon. Actually, me and you are going to meet at Nationals. Hopefully, Hayden's going to be there. Um, but again, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, that's Active Player Turn Zero. One initial turn. It's time around. around.